Hello, welcome to We Don't Talk About The Weather, political discussion that from the outside may look like screaming and crying. I'm Adam and this is Hugh. Hello. And we're here to talk news and politics. Yeah. Um, and we have some I actual news and politics. Yeah, some politics actually happened, which is you know, yeah. good. Uh, more importantly, I've finished my current Shonen I watch while on my exercise bike. So I need Shonen recommendations if anyone watches any Shonen anime. I need something with, you know, sweet himbos. Um, getting progressively larger and punching other things. That's usually what I need to distract me while I'm cycling. It's the only way you can tell the plot is progressing if the himbos get larger. Yeah, or more colours around them. Oh, yeah. And they cycle through different (laughs) colours. Like most Marvel films. Yeah. But yeah, so yes, things happened, which was, yeah. So like I didn't vote, you didn't vote, did you? Mm -mm. I don't know anyone who did. (laughs) I went out... um, I went out on the day um, and saw uh, the London Assembly roles of like candidates, and there were a couple on there that were like, "Hmm," and then uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> and actually, I mean, we'll talk about this in a bit. The uh, the London mayoral election actually almost <laughs> turned out pr- pretty much turned out the way I wanted. So I don't really want to be under Sean Bailey, who. To be honest, would have probably been almost exactly the same as Sadiq Khan, except he would have been really, really aggravating, like doing things like banning cultural Marxism from, I don't know, co-op. Yeah, but we probably would have got more funding. <laughs> what the pod from the um, from MI five? No, I mean London in general. From the from the London from the London MI five. Yes, from the London MI fives. The um, specific London branch of MI five, which is just MI five. I walk I past. I walk past where they were polling. I did not vote um i did deadlift 165 kilos that's a record for me that was my achievement on polling day <laughs> ironically Keir Starmer's weight <laughs> there's no way he weighs 165 kilos no it doesn't <laughs> that's a large man if he does that <laughs> no um but yeah so yeah it was um it was kind of weird because like yeah didn't vote didn't really care about listening to results come in because it was going to be staggered over a number of days anyway which at first I was like you know I think I said last week like I was debating like is it going to be good because is it going to be really annoying it could take him forever and not have that one night of like everything falling apart for them but, or will it be more delicious to have it spread over a number of days and it turned out to be way more delicious having it spread over a number of oh, days delayed gratification I, I will say like yeah it was really annoying uh, leafing through the the results mm-hmm. just to have a look for the show, mm-hmm. and oh yeah, we elected a load of police commissioners. Remember police commissioners? Yeah, yeah. So there's a load of those who uh, were elected at the same time. There yeah. was also a bunch of mayors, mm-hmm. including new mayors, mm-hmm. and it, each of them has a different way of being elected. <laughs> um, they all take a different amount of time to count. <laughs> and they all supposedly are very important for different reasons that we're not quite made aware of. <laughs> yep. It's it's baffling. Like this country needed like more confusion around its political process. No, it Do you know what I mean? It did need more. Like I first think... past the post the first past the post is fine to um explain. It's actually fairly simple to explain. Hmm. But when you actually have to factor in how it works and the consequences of how it works, like how a 10% shift in vote can suddenly mean you've got 50 MPs yeah. less. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think I think our electoral system and our whole political arrangement is perfectly simple. I think it's perfectly acceptable for 
uh, um, an MP like Ben Bradley to also be the head of Nottinghamshire Council. <laughs> Is that the one? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, he's he's MP for Mansfield, and I. How do you have? I had no idea that this was that this was happening, but yeah, he's now been elected as a Nottinghamshire County Councillor, and he's going to head up the council. To be fair. He's always, that's ins- that is a little insulting, isn't it? That he, is a bit insulting. So he's, the thing is, he has... Of like, f- councils matter so little that oh, you yeah. can just have someone do it part-time. And I know, like, um, Dan Jarvis is... What is he? Mayor of... Guns. He's he's mayor of somewhere. Um, and he's an MP at the same time. But, I mean, there is a kind of difference in that he's not, like, a front-bench shadow cabinet guy... Hmm. He's an M- he's a Labour MP, and I think he still shouldn't do it because it's yeah. fucking ridiculous. <laughs> That's so ridiculous, though. <laughs> yeah, but Bradley should. He has more of the face of the head of a Tory council than he does the face of an MP, though. He does look, doesn't he? Look like you can just imagine Ben Bradley's face on the front of a local paper with local council in kerfuffle over bins. Him- him eating like fish and chips over a bin, or you know, pointing at a skip. <laughs> Don't denigrate eating over a bin. I miss <laughs> eating over a bin on a night out. <laughs> um, it's so oligarchical, and it's going to make things a lot more different, difficult when Britain like breaks up into small fiefdoms, <laughs> and then the ruling class has to allocate territories to each other. <laughs> How are we supposed to delineate a Mad Max style society? When we're not sure, <laughs> when we're not sure who has what responsibility, who breaking runs, up into la- breaking up into latifundia like the Roman Empire. Who runs Barter Town? Well, Monday through Thursday, this guy runs Barter Town. <laughs> On alternating weekends, someone else runs Barter Town. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was a weird experience, kind of uh, seeing the seeing the things come in. I don't remember. I think Hartlepool was the first one that came in, wasn't it? <laughs> that was the by-election that... By the way, so actually, let's, let's, let's start... Um, let, let's, let's, look at, let's look at the figures here. Uh, so... Um, <laughs> Peter Mandelson. They sent Peter Mandelson to fix it. <laughs> I had forgotten, of course. I knew he was MP for... Like or he had stood in Hartlepool way back when, yeah. But I hadn't realised, of course, jogging my memory that he, of course, was MP in '97 mm. and 2001, and then got appointed to again. This is another example mm. um, that it's not a new thing. Got uh, appointed to one of those, one of those roles that again you have to look into the history of it. But it's essentially you're a minister without portfolio. You have mm. a lot of power, but no specifically allocated responsibility. But the history of this position meant you also couldn't be an MP. So he stood down in like I think two thousand four or something, and that's when uh, the the this other the, the Labour got elected elected a new guy in. Hmm. Um, and it's it's just exactly the same thing. It's like oh, by the way, your Labour candidate who you've given for what the time was a fairly massive um, majority. Hmm. He's just leaving because he got a better job offer. You're not <laughs> worth his time. Yep. <laughs> you know, you then send that man back. But um, they chose the Labour Party chose this by-election. It was to take over from previous MP Mike Hill, who is stepping down because he's defending himself from sexual harassment allegations. He is. <laughs> um, and the Labour Party chose this. 
that's part of the power you have. The party can choose when the by-election is run. So they chose the worst possible time when working out exactly why you won or lost a seat is impossible because there's a bunch of overlapping elections yep. already. Um, but as I say, they, they chose it. Um, and in the end, the Conservatives won. Uh, they have a majority of 6,940 votes, representing a swing of 16%. Yep. <clears throat> um, because, you know, it's, it's good in a time when the Labour Party have been in power so long. Um, it's good to let someone else, someone else have a go, but it's not it's not surprising at all. Um, Paul Williams positioned like he's a doctor. He was uh, head of a GP confederation in Hartlepool and Stockton. They tried to uh, shut down a hospital. The number, the number one issue was the removal of services from the hospital in Hartlepool. Something a lot of areas can understand. Yeah. Um, but they sent in Paul Williams. They positioned him as the NHS candidate. And, of course, what's the first thing that happens? It comes out that he co-authored the report as head of the local CCG that recommended services be removed from the hospital. How how do you fuck that up? <laughs> how do you fuck it up? Uh, uh, you know, he came out with kind of excuses that like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, local... It was like overall NHS cuts that had to be implemented locally. Oh. I fought against it when it ended up that there wasn't going to be a a doctor in the hospital overnight and it's just they set you a very obvious trap mm. and you just walked right into it you bounded into it mm -hmm. because you have to it's it's absolutely impossible to find anyone else with local appeal <laughs> it has to be that one guy who's been your mp for decades <laughs> Like being an MP somewhere else. I think it was Stockton. Yeah. He was an MP for He was an MP for even that long before he lost his seat. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, there's a very limited pool of people with the skills. It's the thing we've been saying for years, that like this idea that MPs have a magic power and mm. once they've lost a seat, mm. you have to utilise those powers because they're in such high demand. Yeah. It's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah. It's... um. How many less vote? How many less people voted for the Labour Party this time? Because that was the, one of the main things. There was a, like the thing that I saw. That, like a lot of the coverage that's been on the radio was, you know, well, this is what would happen. Obviously, the Brexit Party vote has moved in with the Labour with the Tories, and so obviously there were Wait, always. I thought they all it. went. I, I thought they all went to Labour. Um, well, you know, all the Brexit Party Brexiteers, they all went with the Tory Party because, of course, they would. Whereas, you know. 7,000 less people voted Labour this time. That was the number I saw. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, a, and a turnout, to be honest, a, a turnout of 42%. Hmm. Down 15% from 2019. Back into the old days. Yeah, it's, it, it's absolutely incredible that anyone is complaining about this because it is, it is literally what everybody spent, everybody on the left spent... Five years telling you. Hmm. Anyone of good faith, like, would have said, who wanted, who was still okay with them coming into the party. You saw it time and time again. It's like, yeah, okay, so you don't think Corbyn is the answer, Corbynism is the answer. What is the answer? You wanted more people, you complained about how people weren't voting, he got more people voting. You complained about, like, his style, what's your solution? And it's like, this is your solution. Yep. <laughs> um, 
so we had other elections, um, all the local elections. Uh, the Tories gained 235 councillors nationwide, gained control of 13 councils. Um, oh no, what are we going to do now with Tory councils? They're going to privatise our bin collections and then sell off all our green spaces to become high-rise tower blocks for wealthy outlanders. I don't think you realise how dangerous this is to democracy. Right, we could have councillors in office who may do corrupt deals with land developers. Oh my god! Um, Labour lost control of eight councils, including Durham, Northumberland, and Sheffield, and lost three hundred and twenty-seven councillors. Um, the Greens notably gained eighty-eight councillors, which was quite a lot. Um, they made a big deal about kind of it being a further corrosion of the the red wall, and mm-hmm. if I never hear the word red wall again, it will be too soon. Mm-hmm. There is something like about the constant repetition of the red wall, and I guess it makes sense because we've kind of had a void year. I mean, there's been politics happening. Mm-hmm. How could there not? But there hasn't been this kind of politics. Mm-hmm. You know, they haven't had a chance to fully. I feel like they didn't really have a chance to air out all of the narratives and all of the explanations that they had right after the 2019 election. Yeah. They didn't have any real consequences because it, it all kind of got mushed into Corona. Uh-huh. So now it's just like, this is the first opportunity they've had to kind of pick it back up. And obviously now they will just keep fucking going on about the white working class and the red wall. And long Corbyn. Long Corbyn. See, I didn't think we were far enough removed from Rona for it to be a kind of joke. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I'm not a political sketch writer. I'm not as smart as Marina Hyde. (laughs) Or any of her simps. Um, Let's see. Uh, Wales, you had the Senate elections. They matched their best ever result, winning half the seats. Leanne Wood lost hers. Leanne Wood lost hers, unfortunately. She was, a, she was a, she was a good one. Liked her. Um, Scotland, um, the SNP, I think, basically won one seat because they've got a weird system where you kind of elect constituencies for half the votes and then you elect from a list yeah. for the others. So they've basically increased their seats by one. Uh, the Greens took a couple of seats as well, which means that independent supporting parties are now in a majority. Mm-hmm. So that will be everything we talk about. Albert did terribly. Um, that was very funny. I'm glad. Yeah, that terribly. was funny. Yeah. And so did Galloway. Was, <laughs> yeah, unsurprisingly. Yeah. Um, why didn't they link up? You know, <laughs> they're very similar fit. They're very similar figures in a way. I think they probably, um, like, <laughs> just, it's like, why did Scotland not want us? Us two old, the two old men who sit in the pub in the corner that no one wants to go near because they keep on making sex jokes. I mean, you might say that, you know, Alba was founded expressly opposing the reason why Galloway is standing in the Scottish election, but that's never stopped Galloway before. <laughs> that's what they are. They're, um, you remember when I was in, um, I was in Penderen and I was in a pub yeah. and an English guy came up to me and it was like, and it's like two English guys and a Welsh guy were sitting in the corner of this pub, and it was we apparently we turned up on the day of the meeting of the Penderan Male Chauvinist Society, and they handed me and my dad a uh, A4 bit of paper covered in um, misogynistic jokes and clip art, and asked us if we and said they were the meetings for the last meeting. They were the minutes for the last meeting, and asked us if we wanted to hang out with them, and we were just like. <laughs> 
No. But that's Galloway and um, that, Alex Salmon. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's more like... Uh, it, it's really impressive that the Penderin Male Chauvinist Society... Its yeah. main main method of recruiting is organisational efficiency. <laughs> that's a real, that's a real, a real, stick, a real attraction point. <laughs> but yeah, that's not those. Uh, um, very interestingly, of course, from the Scottish uh, fallout from the Scottish election, um, the current MP for Adrian Schotts got elected to the Scottish Parliament. Mm. So there's going to be another by election. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's going to be another by-election again. Um, I think it's the SNP will get to uh, choose choose the date. But somebody pointed out on Twitter uh, in 2017, Labour within were within 200 votes hmm. of winning Adrian shots, and there's nothing. Hmm. Where's the where's the future briefing? I mean, I guess yeah, okay, maybe you take a week, but there's no there's no focus on it. Oh no, Labour Party have got other things to I've worry about. Now. Um, so yeah we also had mayoral elections Um, Andy Burnham won in Manchester unsurprising Um, Tracy Brabin uh, won the newly created West Yorkshire mayor's position uh, which yeah again will trigger a by-election in Bartleby and Spen Batley and Spen Batley and Spen sorry Bartleby where the fuck did I get that from (laughs) Batley and Spen Um, so yeah look forward to Saudi Paul being one. parachuted into Batman um, spend. <laughs> yeah. He's just going on the road show. <laughs> I'm just I'm just doing the by-election seats uh, at the minute. It's six months on, six months off. <laughs> um yeah, and something kind of that we I guess know a bit more about. Um Sadiq Khan won the London mayoral election after an extremely pant shittingly close first round. It was so funny. Because like it was last week, you were like, funny. "It's like it's up." It was like I think it was on practice. It's like I don't, I don't, I, don't, I can't be asked to vote because I want to vote to punish them, and I can't. And it's like, oh, luckily, <laughs> <laughs> luckily, the universe worked out. Maybe just all politics is that <laughs> just sitting, sitting back, <laughs> just waiting got, for the universe to punish your enemies. But then you know, you know that how the party are taking it because there was a tweet while the count was happening, and they were freaking out a bit. Um, we think it will be close. There is no chance of winning in the first round. We are definitely seeing the product of lower turnout and complacency from voters who believed it was safe to put a candidate from a smaller party for, as first. Fuck you. The entitlement. like Unbelievable. People, people only vote for Green because they think it's safe to say that the Labour Party are going to win. They don't really want to vote for the Green Party. Because, because the unspoken assumption... That the Labour Party is the like chalice into which all liberal mm. hopes, dreams, and thoughts will naturally be poured into. Yep. After the fucking drubbing they get elsewhere, the kind of like uh, assumed entitlement of assuming mm. that people want your votes. There was a really good Joe Kennedy um, tweet actually um, over the week that was like essentially why. Like it was, it was based on this um, video of a guy in Hartlepool, an old man who did seem a little confused, but was largely on point about um, we've had enough of labour. Um, you know, we wanted to, we wanted services restored to the local hospital. The services get taken away, and you know, there's a lot of people going, "Oh, yeah, you know, the Tory government, you know, cutting budgets and mm. the Labour Council implementing it." 
a lot of people calling him stupid and ill-informed. But to a certain extent, this Joe Kennedy tweet was, why do people expect the North to uphold their Labour vote, their Liberal Party, you know, Labour as the Liberal Party of England? Um, why do they expect Northerners to uphold the Labour vote so they can have a protest vote about mm. like Brexit or something? Yeah. So they can protest vote about Lib Dems. Mm. We cannot, they cannot get over this idea that actually people should, by very simple logic, be voting for their own and their own politics. Well, yeah, see, um, they do it in like Wales and they used to do it in Scotland as well. It's like in South Wales, it's like, well, no, you have to vote for them. Why? Because your dad was a coal miner. You have to vote for them. Me, as an educated man who lives in London, I get to vote for whoever I want. Yeah. But, but your also job is that to keep ass- the Tories out. Yeah, that assumption that it's always going to be there and that assumption that that fucking means anything. Mm. That you have to, that that your tribal, like, tri- like it's an imperialist mindset. It's, refer- yeah. it's acting as if people are fixed among all times. And frankly, all the Red Wall discourse is like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's even, though it's, even though it's documenting change, mm. it's still acting like it's essentially because Labour are no longer socially conservative. Mm. You know? And it's like, oh, it's not they're changing priorities. Actually, their priorities are the same. They just think that conservatives can cover them more. And maybe there's an element of truth in, in that. Like, Labour used to be very, like, there was a definite strand of social, like, what they called social patriotism. Mm. Of, like, yeah, so, like socialist uh, nationalism almost mm. in there. But how long, also, how long can you take with, like, people mocking that? Yeah. Like, because you are mocking it. You're saying you are literally too stupid to vote any way different than your dad. Yep, yep unbelievable but yeah like and again that the the notion that um who is responsible for complacency and apathy Mm. aside from anything Mm. like who is responsible for that that is literally your Mm. for not giving anything yeah for assuming that those votes are yours so they can't and surely, you know, don't you agree that the people voted the way they wanted to vote in the way that they should have? The people got it right? Because that's the that's the other easy bromide that they had after 19. Yeah. And then, oh, there's another thing I got about the London mayoral election. From, oh, yeah? From that sweet, sweet, beautiful mind of James O'Brien. I hope they find a safe seat for Sean Bailey, who defied all expectations despite being cut adrift by Conservative High Command. I wonder why they went all guns blazing for Goldsmith and then rewarded his serial failings of a seat in the Lords, but hung Bailey out to dry. <sighs> he, I'm sure Bailey did increase the Tory vote share by 0.3%, um, which is impressive for a man as horrible as him. Yeah, I can't help but think that any other candidate, um, any other prob- Tory candidate would have won that. Yeah, um, if they'd put... A sh- but the thing, if they'd put a strong candidate, but I, you know, they like my theory that they didn't really want him. They didn't really want it. No. So I mean, his. I don't think we mentioned this when we talked about the mayoral elections on Praxis Cast, but um, he got brought into the um, like Tory fold as one of those community champions. You know, they yeah. got like they essentially got POC representatives for each kind of policy area, yeah, and then used them to advance privatization authoritarianism or you know some old school way of doing things with a shiny face that was that was a large part of cameronism but he left because he said that the eaton clique didn't like him Mm. he resigned as like a special advisor Mm. um and yeah like 
even though Sean Bailey wasn't the right uh, candidate, it has kind of baffled me for a reasonable amount of time that people don't see London as more Tory than it. Like, but people don't see London for as Tory as it is. Mm. You know, if you look at the map of um, the constituencies that uh, Khan won and Sean Bailey won, um, you see all of the outer boroughs, like in the south, you know, like Croydon, Bromley, Ealing, Redbridge, um, in the east, um, they're all blue. Mm. They're surrounding a, str- a big strip of uh, red in the middle of, like, basically the, the middle of London, like the central, going up north and then spreading out to the northeast. You know? And it's like, it's there are very obvious places where the social demographics have shifted enough for Tories to be very viable going forward. Well, yeah. You know, when they've they bring, gentrified the shit out of it. When they bring in voter ID, that's it. That will be it. It'll be just, it'll yeah. be, there'll, there'll be a huge amount of swing. And then, then they'll start talking about, what will they say? It won't be a red wall. Um, the Red Fortress. The Ring of Red. <laughs> they, no, no. They take the name of that good game out of their mouths. My Red Ring. Um, but yeah, they'll do, they'll, it'll, it will happen. Um, the other big thing that's happened after the mayoral election, um, Lawrence Fox, after losing to Binface, I think, um, him and Richard Tice will be opening up a pub that together that will be the home of free speech and right-wing comedy. It'll only be British food, no vaccine passports, no masks. So, a pub then? Um, Sorry, yeah. the free speech, right-wing comedy and British food sounds like most English pubs. Yes. <laughs> like, it's fine. Like, you know, it, it is what it is, but like, trying to... It's very identity politics, isn't it? It's a shame from those two. You don't, you don't, you don't expect identity politics from a man who goes around in a Union Jack uh, branded double decker bus. <laughs> um, yeah, so Khan won. Um, the Greens won. got some. They got some more seats on the Assembly, I think. Yeah. So London Assembly, we had one seat. Conservative gaining one. Green gaining one. And UKIP down by two, yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah, the disappearance of UKIP, which very, very strangely, amid all the talk of the red wall, blue wall, and all of this new, shiny new stuff, nobody has realised that UKIP have lost, like, have disappeared and been absorbed into the Conservatives. Yep. That was a very, very common trend of thought. It was the main motive. But now, of course, it's not just a... It's not just a like mechanical political function. It's now like a moral and spiritual like movement. Yeah. Towards the conservatives. Yeah. That is one of the things I've noticed as like this new reality has become entrenched and you've realized exactly how how slanted the media around the Tory party has become, how integrated it has become into the like functioning of the state and of the conservative party you suddenly realize that they're not describing mechanics anymore they're describing like moral questions religious yeah. questions yeah in terms of politics do you know what i mean yeah yeah very very strange um yeah so the response to all this was um oh the um that's the other thing the um the, sorry, green, sorry, the press and city council stayed red um, yeah, because they would because they're doing good things. 
which maybe mm. the Labour Party should listen to, but, you know, they won't. Mm. Um, and the Greens gained a bunch of places, which, you know, mm. like in Bristol, they gained a bunch of seats, which maybe they should look at that, but no, they won't. I fucking just take, before we get... to take names of people on Twitter who spoke out in favour of the Greens, ready for just in case a left wing person might get a chance of being Labour leader again, just... so they could expel them from the party. Just um, <laughs> just before I came on, I, I saw a tweet that talked about something I hadn't remembered because I can't I can't keep up with these things. You know, Twitter's not made for the memory. It's not mm-hmm. made for the memory impaired like me. Um, I had forgotten, of course, that they suspended. Um, didn't they suspend all the campaigning? They, um, in Bristol, because the CLPs had a left slate that was going to win. <laughs> they re- they removed access to the thing, so they couldn't talk to campaigners. <laughs> just, just, ah. just a good party. They're just they're just a good party. Um, and you know, in the words of Keir Starmer, we're going to change the things that need to change and change them. Or was it work and jobs, jobs and work, work for the jobs, jobs for the work? He told the BBC, in response to all of these losses, he will change the things that need changing, and that is the change that I will bring about. Excellent. Just Fantastic. Pure, grade A, 2000, well, from between 97 and 2015 political bullshit. I, I would go further. Because I wouldn't say this that is something that Blair would have used in his first term. No, no, in fact, it not. might not even have been something that Blair used at all. I reckon that's a that's a, a minister for health, maybe junior minister for health, mm. probably after two thousand and four. I reckon. Oh, actually, no, no, no. Well, that's, yeah, that yeah, that does feel like that, or any of the numerous prison ministers. Hmm. You know, the ones that, where they, they have that job for like a year and yeah. then they run away because they look at the prisons and go, oh my God! <laughs> or they got appointed to a private prison contractor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Keir had this proper... Let's move on to talking about the reshuffle. So yeah, um, so yeah, into the reshuffle stuff and everything that happened on Saturday night, which was... It was excellent, all the stuff. It was very funny. It was very, it was very reminiscent of old left Twitter where everyone was happy and just sort of cavorting like a bunch of monsters. Um, mm. But you were doing something and then you like, I'm, so I'm casually playing everybody's golf with, with a friend of ours and reading Twitter. And you're like, I don't, what's happened? It's like, is this another Gibbo scenario? And then I was like, I think, here's how it, so there was, so at this point of the night, they were sacking Rayner, demoting Nandy, Ashworth, and a bunch of others. They'd been briefing against Rayner for buying a first-class train ticket. Um, oh, and it, I found out subsequently, um, read subsequently, it was because of the way she dressed. Yeah, as well. Yeah, that was the thing. On When she went on campaign, and they showed, there was particularly a picture of her, um, like, just, she looks more normal than most politicians. Yeah. And I'm um, seeing as what's her name's been sacked, Caroline Harris, um, for spreading lies about Rayner. Yeah, that came out today, supposedly, yeah. that there was a, a some special advisor who was spreading uh rumors about Rayner's private yeah. life. That's yeah. Rayner's private life. Now we have to <laughs> but, be we ha- let let's continue through and okay. when we get to the bit, yeah, we'll so, add um, the libel warning. <laughs> apparently they were mad at her because she'd briefed against um Thingy Chapman. Keir Starmer's political secretary. Jenny um, Chapman, he's very close yeah. to her right here. He's mad about people being mean to her. Um, 
And then, for some reason that we can't go into, Tim Shipman of Shippers Unbound has disappeared from Twitter after making a tweet, then hurriedly deleting it, and has not been seen since. He has disappeared so, completely. Do you um, reckon we're allowed to repeat the tweet? Um, I mean, no one's going to pay attention to it. It's always at this weird position. Like, I think we have a fair, yeah, fair few okay. listeners. Yeah, well, no, um, but Tim also, Shippen, like, we're supposed to be small enough to get away with it. So people were joking about why would Keir Starmer be so defensive of this woman that he spends all this time with away from home. And Tim Shipman tweeted about how Jenny Chapman has been banned from Keir Starmer's house by his wife. And then he deleted the tweet and has not been seen since. And apparently no lobby journalist will touch this story for fear of libel. So those are the events... No, lobby, journ- no lobby journalist will touch this story until it really, really gets very funny to release it (laughs) that's what you have to say about the british media great sense of comic timing and then he announced the backtracking of the reshuffle stuff and wedge street and getting a getting a job he's like the minister he's the shadow minister for child poverty (laughs) as in he's for it yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) um and then actually just going through what we were saying oh yeah then i was just um posting wedge streeting's blandest tweets (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, because he is an incredibly yeah. dull man there was a bunch of stuff like I don't know what goes on I don't pay attention to the much anymore but apparently Rayner was heading the elections like had the kind of back, back office role of like running the elections mm-hmm. and like yeah sure if you want to demote her whatever I don't and this was shit, straight after he took responsibility the... for all of it <laughs> yeah but then there was stuff like like rumours coming out about yeah Lisa because people around Keir Starmer think she's disloyal. Yeah. As in, like, what? Well, no, you of course have, I think she's disloyal. You have, all been, you have all been bending into increasingly convoluted knots well, to defend, like, whatever stupid fucking thing that you're opposed to this week, whether it's nurses' pay cuts or the cuts <laughs> to corporation tax or fucking spy cops' bills or anything like that, every single member of your cabinet that I've seen go on TV has basically made themselves virtually unemployable <laughs> by the amount of not saying anything. They say they say nothing more than they did when they were in power. Well, the thing is, it's right for them to think that she's disloyal because in the last, like, six, seven years, last six years... They've seen her numerous times at their disloyalty conventions where all the most disloyal people in, <laughs> in politics get together. So that's why they were like, oh, she's disloyal. How do you know? Because we're all in the same disloyalty WhatsApp group where we, <laughs> where we leak stuff all the time. <laughs> yeah, and of course, like, that's, that's really like the, the outcome of these things, that like, the Labour Party has not gotten used to not being optimized to just beating the left yeah you know like of course like there's a bunch of there's a load of message discipline that's going um that's going awry because all of them are just used to uh messaging dming their favorite journalist Mm. and leaking what they actually think because that's how they do politics that's how they've done politics for the last five years well, it's like, quick, you know? leak, leak that we got to get rid of Angela Rayner. She's a socialist. Why is she a socialist? Well, she gave me a sugar once for my coffee. Yeah. And, like, there's the other thing is that, like, how many, like, ex-old Labour politicians do they need to, to bring out? Like, we've already talked about Mandelson. 
like Mandelson comes out. I think he, he had something to he'd do. He'd have a meltdown. He said he'd have a meltdown if they lost Hartlepool. Where was my meltdown? I didn't get my meltdown. He, <laughs> he actually said he was actually quoted saying I do pray for the day when we stop receiving lectures on winning elections from the architects of our 2019 annihilation and their unite backers <laughs> he's so old fashioned it's amazing well like I know you do it occasionally with like Tory politicians but like really old ones like Nigel Lawson or someone or um, Heseltine comes yeah. out of the woodwork Yeah. Um, but you know you've got Fortnightly interventions from Tony Blair, yeah. rare interventions. <laughs> Always rare, rare. Each one rare. It's always it's so rare his interventions that it's almost difficult to count how many there are because there are so few. Gordon Brown, um, every time he says something, he seems to get on the front page, and he doesn't tend to. Um, well, not the front page. Front page of websites. Mm-hmm. We're in the new media now. Mm-hmm. Um, Every time he says something, he gets a load of stuff on Twitter and he trends and he goes on the front page of The Guardian for half a morning. Mm. Um, he doesn't usually get involved in party politics, admittedly. Like, he said that in order to preserve the union, there needs to be, like, a another meeting place for governments from all the regions. Mm. He also said that... There needs to be, like, another institution. He said that um, Boris needs to not go for a muscular unionism. Um because otherwise that that because that wouldn't work. Um, I that's literally the only way they all know how. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as I said, like because we had that that Rona break mm-hmm. where politics was strange. It was more. It was party politics, but it, there wasn't any hope of a resolution because it was all done within the government's power. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. There was no contestation, and I mean that is the. case for most of the British politics all the time, but it's only ever done within the bounds of the state and the absolute power of the the person and party in control to do that. But mm. you did, this; these set of elections did allow you to see how those narratives are going to play out now. Because yeah. they, they got to spin out a little more. They got, they got their wheels on the road. Mm. Yeah. So you got to see, like, you know, the left... Is still is you know there's still exactly the same arguments against the left you know present a tiny faction of the UK mm-hmm. but they're also everywhere yeah um, you know so we've got to be constantly vigilant lest mm-hmm. the hard left come back um, or you know the other the other slight variation is oh yeah no uh, the the sensible people are in charge of the party now mm-hmm. but they're sti- but the left is still responsible for all their losses yep you know. The, and actually, it's a victory because uh, the left candidate won from our party, but he, he they lost. <laughs> they lost the election, so that's a victory, you know. Yeah. And this was this was always going to be a problem with Labour and setting out to rebrand themselves on like a a counterfactual, yeah. rebrand themselves on the basis that they could do it, they could automatically do it better because politics was a science and if they had been in charge they can automatically do much better than the left yeah you know that one election completely discredits it but all of our elections don't discredit it because Mm. it's the same things are true but there are other reasons why our politics are still better Mm. you know what i mean and and a rebrand on the basis of we're not those guys Mm. we can do the same thing but people will actually like keir starmer Mm. um yeah showing that like when all those phrases about uh, Labour has to be electable doesn't actually mean that they have to win elections. No. 
You know, electable doesn't actually mean electable. Because that Mandelson quote, that's exactly mm. what he's saying. Stop receiving lectures on winning elections. It's like, you just lost a load. Yeah. You already have lost a load. You've lost a bunch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That that really doesn't... Um, they were, and aside from anything, that 2019 thing annoyed me because they were literally implementing your policy. Yeah. You know, you your groups set up the People's Vote stuff. Mm-hmm. You engineered it. You made that situation what it was and then you think that it was all their loss again it's it's in a way like privatizing victory and <laughs> pub make it like pub nationalizing loss yeah partyizing loss i guess mm. um it does show that like a lot as well a lot of trite phrases have properly worked their way into their their consciousnesses that they genuinely Genuinely, you will keep hearing that Keir Starmer is more electable, even um, if he doesn't win any elections. I reckon. I reckon we're coming to. We might be coming to the end of that a little bit now. We'll see. I imagine they're gonna. They're gonna. Um, they'll stick with him till these by elections, and if they win a single one, that will be proof that. Mm. But like his approval ratings now, look, this is the thing that came out today that um, Keir Starmer's approval ratings are lower than Jeremy Corbyn's. Yeah. People (laughs) sent weakness. People don't want to, don't want to support a busted flush, even though there's really no stakes. Mm. Like again, because of the weird, there's, there is no popularity election for Keir Starmer other than a general election. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Not really, not one that you can test because they don't give they don't give you that opportunity, Mm. you know? But yeah, it is interesting that like they think that they can still browbeat the left with that stuff. Yeah. You know, like when they talk about, oh, it's it's realistic solutions. It doesn't mean anything. Mm. You know, saying the left don't speak for the country, but therefore we're not the left, so therefore we speak and listen to the country. Mm-hmm. Listening, that's a real big thing of the uh, like the um, after these elections yeah. that they've been saying. You know, mm. we need to listen. What does that mean? Who are you listening to? What are you listening for? How does that listening get translated into policy? Because if it's cutting corporate, not cutting corporation tax, or, or yeah, it's, it's supporting cutting corporation tax. Everybody supports that. Mm. Everybody supports like raising corporation tax. If it, but you can't listen to that because that's not part of the brand. Well, no, you saw the um, what Mandelson said. It's meaningless. It's what's the thing that he said on the was it on the weekend where he said um, Brexit without Brexit politics without the Brexit. Yeah. The so the racisms. <laughs> so racism, yeah. Um. There's not even there's this weird thing where they don't even have Blairite lust for power. You mm. could say that like, oh, they're doing they're doing all these things because they're being slippery or they're reverting to an older PR focused um, politics. They're trying triangulation again. They're trying positioning, um, all because they just want to get elected. Then they can do the good thing. That was the the Blairite like yeah. pitch. But I don't even feel like there's a lust no, for power. There's no, just this do... like lust lust to not be embarrassed. They're doing that thing. That, do you know what I mean? They're doing that thing that they said that Corbyn was doing. Um, which like when they said that he was like when he was fiddling with the party to make you know, to do to, to be all Stalin y with the party. They are mm. they don't care about winning any election. They don't care about losing elections, not for a while. Their whole goal is to make sure that there is the Labour Party is restructured. 
so the left can never take over again. All of them <laughs> saw their careers, all of the like the young ones, like the Wedge Streetings and the Stella Creases and um and the Rachel Reeves, they saw their careers and um, what like just fall off a cliff. Mm. And they're not gonna have that fear ever again. Ever. I don't, and it doesn't yeah. matter about losing elections can... because most of the ones who are like pushing for all of this stuff, for all of the stuff that are gonna lose them seats, they're in seats that they're not gonna lose. Like yeah. Uh, say like the next elections in 2023. That's what it looks like it will be. Mm. Um, I can't imagine a situation where Walthamstow doesn't elect a Labour MP. Mm. It would take so much in that short time. Mm. Um, so you know those the people just, in those safe seats are safe. So they're willing to like cast everyone else adrift. There's this weird thing that they're not. They don't even like. The, of course they 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 seem to be scared about being embarrassed they're not even that scared about being embarrassed in front of voters no you know like what has been the 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 narrative the from labor like probably more kind of subtly than outright in a press conference but like oh we need to you know the we have to earn the trust again we lost the trust oh, hang on we're shit oh here's the good really? line got another good line for you just because we stopped, just because we have, um, just because we have stopped pissing in the bath, doesn't mean people want to jump in with us straight away. Yeah. So the Labour Party is 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 a person happily sitting there in a piss filled bath. They have been constantly, constantly telling people how shit they are, yeah. and not even like like out. They've been doing it outright, mm. but like it's also a body language thing. Like, mm. not to get all like um like Fuhrer Princip about it or anything. But if you're if you're going for leadership, people have to have a sense that you're going to look out for them. Well, Or at least that, you know, you're not going to get them all killed. Simple difference between um, Nicola Sturgeon and Keir Starmer. When Keir Starmer had that person phoning into LBC doing their white replacement bullshit, um, and he's like, oh, the legitimate concerns, bollocks. And then Nicola Sturgeon sees, what's her name, Jay something Franzen? Oh, Jada Franson, yeah, yeah, from Britain. And just call just calls her a racist and a fascist. Mm. One of those is a strong looking leader there. One of yeah. those looks scared. These these yeah, he looks he looks terrified and combined with just constant briefings to journalists to say, We're rebuilding. Mm. We're in the middle of rebuilding. In this election, we're still rebuilding in the middle. We got a terrible result. We're shit. There are monsters everywhere. Send help. <laughs> Oh yeah, and you that's, know? Oh, that's and the to, other thing. And, um, Hartlepool, the thing with the being with the flag, with the fact that they were obsessed with the flag that they demanded there be a flag on the outside of the building, but yeah. not really anything beyond that. <laughs> it's just as well the two the two different like messaging streams because yeah they don't necessarily say right that we're shit and we're still rebuilding and we want to regain your trust or anything. They don't say it to them. They say it to national newspapers. Yeah, and they say it on Twitter, and it's like, you do realise people read these newspapers, in fact, that's the exact point, mm. and it's like that separation between the segments, the, cl the their class character is coming out so much, mm. because the thing that they're worried about being embarrassed in front of is their peers, Yeah, it's other people who think like them, mm. uh, well I say think like them, are of the same class as them, yeah. they've surrendered like their entire messaging to journalists they don't want to who at best, want them for gossip to make those journalists seem knowledgeable. Yeah, they don't want to be you laughed know? at at the Shed Seven gig. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's weird. I was thinking it's actually the exact opposite of the what now seems to be quite a successful Tory tactic. You know how they 
we've talked about it before. They brief journos with your exact. They they put out their exact press statement anonymously mm-hmm. to a friendly journalist. Yeah. Because, like, the journalist will breathlessly retweet your exact statement, mm-hmm. right? You'll get out to multiple outlets. It gets you a wider hearing on something you were going to say. You please the journalists because mm-hmm. they feel like they're important. And then you can do a test run to eventually eliminate anything that causes outrage. Yeah. Right? Labour MPs, Labour, like, parliamentarians, have been leaking half-baked notions because they're upset that nobody trusts them because these release these messages are obviously factional they've been retweeting their gossip hmm. not their press releases yeah and it has exactly the opposite consequence yeah. it makes everyone seem untrustworthy it makes everybody seem self-pitying which you just you just can't be when no. you're running those elections i don't think you understand um because luke akehurst had a good point and that's that the party's bad fortunes were down to the lack of appeal to car drivers okay no, I will not add any more to that. I, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you would think that, like, I don't know. There's been a number of people saying they're not following the American example, and like, it's it's kind of true. Like, one of the key things that Blair did when he came in was placate the left. Why do you think John Prescott was there? Hmm. like? Why? Where? How do you think people talk about the success of Blairism as if it was a fucking triumph of the will moment? Hmm. All he had to do was, like, win an election. It was easy. He just stopped, and Blair <laughs> decided to win an election. It was great. And it's like, no, he spent fucking ages placating. Of course, by that point, it was sort of fait accompli by the time he won in 97. But he kept John Prescott around for fucking ages, and he knocked someone out. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, you know, you could see, um, to a lesser extent, Gordon Brown as yeah. well. When Gordon Brown got in, you know, they thought, Oh yeah, this is going to be. This is where the real like socialist policies come out. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. Um, and yeah, there's this sort of. I, I wonder if 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 it does start to dawn on them that in many ways, ironically, they seem to be approaching whatever constituency it is they're going after. God knows, better people than me can tell me what kind of coalition they're trying to form out of this other than just the whole country <laughs> but ironically for the right of the labor party there's a real of they'll greet us as liberators yeah about this like a, a real iraq war going in and actually all everybody wants is freedom from tories and freedom from the hard left mm. there's a familiar tone about the language and the like the haplessness mm. with which these like results have been met mm. you know mm. Um, I do have one final thing. There were no shortage of takes. They've been fun, but I haven't really felt it. Felt it did feel like the old times, but it felt like there was no stake in yeah. it. I guess. I mean, we were. I was still quite new to Twitter when kind of Corbyn came in, mm. and so it was. It was. It felt. It felt a very strange time to be back, having all of the tools of communication and connection that you can have, and yet feeling the way I did in 2015. Mm. Odd. Um, but I thought I, I couldn't let this pass. Um, there was a, a tweet thread by Nicole Lampert, former show business editor of the Daily Mail and deputy showbiz editor at The Sun. One of those accounts you kind of pass by 
uh, quite often, and you know it's bad, but you can't remember why it's bad. Yeah, she fully cemented you know? why it was bad, like in the last couple of days. Yeah. Also, subsequently to this thread, she then suggests that uh, who is it? Phil K. Phil K. Um, something K. Some sun uh, hack. The sun. A sun journalist who who died. Um, and there was something about he had killed his wife in the past, and she was trying to make it seem like it was a suicide. Pact. Well, no, it was a suicide. Trying pact. to defend it's him like by being a wife stuff. killer. Yeah. It's like it was just a you know just a suicide pack where a man drowns his wife and then fails to kill himself like you know all those times. All she needed to do was you know she obviously liked this guy. She all she had to do was look. All I'm going to say is that Phil K, whatever his name is, he was just the best. He was the very best. The very That's best. all I've got to say right now. <laughs> <laughs> Real heads no. <laughs> Um, yeah, she had a tweet thread. Ten things uh, Keir Starmer should do immediately. Mm-hmm. Right, there were so, quite a few of these. There were quite a few. Of there these. were a number. Um, there was one from a woman who'd lost her seat in Scotland in 2015. She'd her vote share went down by 30 percent in 20 in 2015. <laughs> but she knows she knows how to win elections, as shown by that. But yeah, so this one, <laughs> this one specifically, this one, this one specifically. Uh, so tip one. Uh, okay. Listen, really listen, mm-hmm. really, really listen. Oh, don't put just really listen, really, really. I was just listening. I wasn't really, That's really. Three, listening. That is three separate instructions, mate. Okay. Um, don't put fucking Remainers in Brexit seats when Brexiteers still remember how Remainers called them thick and racist and tried to say they were too stupid to know what they were voting for and demanding a people's vote. Yeah, I mean, look, it is obviously pretty easy to accuse Remain supporters of that, but I don't think, like, I don't specifically remember Starmer or any Labour vote, any Labour, like, politicians specifically saying that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but the press of... I, I, I get it. It that. is... The, the point is the point is well made, but it's kind of a catch-all yeah. thing. And again, it's like, listen, and it's like, <laughs> what mechanism do you mean by saying listen to people? The thing is, you got you get really angry about these things because it's like that Bo Brummel thread from years ago. It is, yeah. <laughs> it just it is. winds you up. Yeah. That Bo Brummel thread from eighteen months ago. I'll have you know. Oh God, <laughs> my life <laughs> slipping away. Anyway, uh, number two: stop patronising the working class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk about ambition, businesses, the high street as much as food banks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is what Tories call levelling up. Labour should be explaining how they would truly level up. Stop talking about them <laughs> as if they are all poor and thick. Ambition. Don't patronise the working class. Talk to them about ambition. Talk to them about purely in terms of the way they could reform themselves to make <laughs> themselves more amenable to your capitalist civilization. Yes. <laughs> and also, again, like, political communication is really, really and contrarian Hmm. very very strange Starmer did talk about ambition businesses and the high street I don't think I remember him mentioning once yeah Yeah. who are you talking about you're not looking at what actually exists you're looking at what you imagine exists and talking about that because it's easier I like the don't send a remainer there who's going to call them call all the Brexiteers stupid send someone who'll tell them all to pull themselves up by their bootstraps (laughs) This conflation of people who she reads on Twitter. 
leftist shit posters who mm. she reads on Twitter with the executive organization, the <laughs> Labour Party. It's a ha- it's a hangover from Corbyn days. Yeah, it is. like it's exactly how you treated the last five years. That yeah. everything anyone says is automatically indicative of everything that the Labour Party says and believes, mm. even though those people aren't talking to anyone of the voters like yeah. if you asked people if you asked most people who Owen Jones is they would look at you blankly yeah yeah, they would I'm sorry he's just not like it's mm. not that that big mm. um, number three marginalise and embarrass the far left denounce them throw the rule book at them expel them listen up the far left your time is up I am going to use this rule book to show you it is not okay to be a far left round up all the far left in the Labour Party Give them the great big bucko aspiration and send them out into the wasteland of the north. <laughs> to fight apathy. <laughs> yeah. Fight apathy and preach free markets to the to the lawless. <laughs> teach yeah, teach ambition. Teach um ambition to the ambitionless. Hmm. Um also embarrass the far left. Who does she think adopts far left political opinions but people who are incredibly willing to be embarrassed <laughs> frankly and you know embarrassment is a relative yeah like i'm not saying that you should be embarrassed for holding your far left opinions i'm just saying if you're talking about shame and denunciation in public settings think the far left are okay with that well yeah like also in what way is am i ever ever going to be in a situation where wedge streeting can embarrass me <laughs> like seriously Ah, oh, these fucking people. Okay. Um, number four, put more centrists in the cabinet. Use brilliant communicators like Jess Phillips and Lisa Nandy Moore. <laughs> Remember Jess Phillips' your... speeches during her leadership campaign? <laughs> Get your good people out there so that far-left media performers like Owen Jones, mm-hmm. of course, aren't invited onto TV to state Labour's points. Hmm. <laughs> you want to get elected? Here's how you do it. He pulls an Owen Jones, you Jess Phillips. He sends one of yours to Sky News, you send one of his to Stack. That's the Westminster way. <laughs> what does she think happens? Does she think people, the news, phones up Labour HQ and they don't have anyone, so they send Owen Jones? Yes. Does Also, does she think that by sending more of people who you like, it crowds out people who you don't like? Does she think that's the way it works? She works for a newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Number five, stop being performative. Wear patriotism lightly, but wear it. Be proud of Britain. Try and stay out of the culture wars. But then combine this with point six, but at the same time, ensure that women know you are standing up for their rights. (laughs) Women are 50% of the population. (laughs) Boom! Oh. Fucking... Ah, turf bingo. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't yeah, don't do any of those divisive culture wars. You don't want to be doing that. You don't want to be getting people on your side and frantically angry about a decision. You know, it's not like it's not like Thatcher came in like came to the election and said, if you don't vote for me, Britain and all of your families are dead. It's not like Blair turned up and said, We uh, you and your family literally cannot afford another five years of John Major. Yeah. You know, it's not like isolating and identifying a specific threat to a member of your coalition ever did anything for democratic elections. <laughs> Look, you um, just need to, yeah. you need to stay out of the culture war stuff and like promote and, um, and push on to new shows, your best talkers. So, 
you know, just just people that everyone agrees with, like Graham Linehan. Um, just you know, just just you know, do stuff like that. Stay away from the culture war stuff. But it's just like the wear your patriotism lightly mm. and be and be proud of Britain. And it's like, so what does that mean? Mm. Be proud of Britain, but don't tell anyone you're doing it. <laughs> it means a small Here's... flag on the back on the lapel. A small one. Be proud of Britain. Starmer repeatedly said it. He said it so much that it makes no sense anymore. Each of the words have unraveled in his mouth and they mean nothing. Mm -hmm. Corbyn said he was proud of Britain. Mm -hmm. It made absolutely no difference because there are more persuasive forces conditioning the shape and manner of that patriotism and the way it is received. I don't know. Maybe you could read the mail and the sun, the one you work for. Um. Next point, when you say you're going to do something, do it. Starmer vowed to fight anti-Semitism from its roots. He has barely started. Start with education, but use it as a to educate about other racisms in the Labour Party. Hmm. Not anywhere else. Black people, in particular, feel marginalised. Do they? She do knows, they really? She knows that working at the racism factory. <laughs> do black people feel marginalised in the country? Do you, th- do you think maybe they feel like they are under a certain amount of oppression and that has a racial characteristic. Well, maybe, I don't know, they could speak up about it sometimes. Not in a culture war way, of course. (laughs) Do you mean that they should listen? Like, really, really listen? Listen, including to those people who, you know, don't like hearing other languages spoken and think (laughs) that actually black-on-black crime is the worst thing imaginable. Hmm. Hmm. I... Uh, next point, we need to see more authentic Starmer. He seems frightened of getting something wrong, that when he speaks, he seems to be parroting lines he's learned. He shouldn't be afraid of getting something wrong. We need to see his humanity. He's not a robot. So you're saying that we need to see more more of him, that he's hiding some kind of secret life from us? <laughs> I would never say that. Coincidentally, my fanfiction is out soon, which has a very similar premise. So... <laughs> Anything I say at the is moment, I'm writing expression. a book about um, a man called Beer Karma. He is the leader of the Social Democratic Party of a Western nation, and he is have in, in having an affair with his political secretary. <laughs> That's the fan fiction uh, I'm writing. It's got nothing to do with this, though. Yeah, it's like, well, okay, like point well made. He does see. But at the same time, parroting lines is the kind of message discipline people demanded out of him. Yeah. Sorry, it was like part of his appeal was that he demonstrated the classic professional virtues of a politico. Look good in a suit, can give a briefing, seems reassuringly aloof and in command. Like, also, what happened the last time a Labour leader showed his human... What happened in literally your paper? Yeah. How many soldiers were shooting at his target? Yeah. You know, I... Mm. Um, next point, stop blaming other people. The Daily Mail handed Starmer a blinder by exposing the Downing Street sleaze. Yet people are still blaming the right-wing press for this failure. Start reading the right-wing press as they reflect the views of their readers. <laughs> you just reflect the views of your readers. That's a very interesting theory of media, media that papers yep. demonstrate views that their readers don't know they hold yet. Yeah. <laughs> just imagining the mail editor putting out a new story. Uzbekistan strikes nervously on the edge of his seat as to how Tina in Woking is going to react to that. <laughs> like, um, 
Yeah, it's like start reading the white right wing press. Well, like part of the point of the right wing press is that it's not actually very informative about how anyone but the right wing press thinks. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's not. Like people absorb there we have literally decades of evidence about how these particular messages are received mm. and how they get absorbed and then repeated out and it's always in half measures. It yeah. doesn't it, it doesn't ever like um, come out in the whole in the whole way. People, that's why that's one of the reasons why we've got the whole um, leveling up thing because they absorbed all of the all of the like Brexity racism stuff, but they didn't absorb any of the um, nationalisation and socialism. Mm. Or it, um, it certainly didn't get it certainly didn't get reflected in the papers that they were supposedly reading at the time also starmer's team are 100 percent reading those papers and going on those radio stations yeah yeah even though i don't know maybe a million people i don't think paper more than a million station yeah well yeah anymore finally uh have a vision of what you want to look which doesn't involve spending lots of money that we don't have how do we properly sort out the NHS and social and social care, for example? Oh it's yeah, like, not asking the Tories to explain their what they remember they had the, they had their thing ready in 2019. Apparently, she literally just asked him to look at levelling up, and now yeah. she wants to do do it without spending money. That's a proper like that's an odd thing that does seem to have been left behind because obviously, uh, Corona aside, there hasn't actually been a lot of money spent yet. You know, I mean, yeah, Corona has completely the the kind of normal operation of the state in that regard. But like, what does she mean by money we don't have? What does she mean about spending lots? And what does she mean by properly sort out the NHS and social care? Mm. You have to sort that out by spending money. Mm. Like, even if even if it is like a cheap option of we're going to do the same thing that people have been doing for thirty years and just doing a reorganisation and privatising. Mm that's still spending money yeah your hot take from 2005 is not appreciated (laughs) um so yeah like in conclusion um the labor party are losing because they didn't listen apparently they didn't listen to what labor what voters wanted and spent all the time driving around in a big buggy going shit yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and it's weird. It's like, obviously, I don't like stupidity and I don't like incompetence as a an explanation for like political things. Yeah. I think it's really difficult to make that argument that it's not ineptness and it's not f- just outright fear. Mm. But I think there is still like, this ineptness has been born out of like ideology. Mm. It is born out of this inability to move to move past what they think of as a professional corporate category and not a an art to an extent you mm. know they they're not i don't even know if they're using like proper scientific polling anymore do you know what i mean mm. all they see it as is as a profession and like an efficient demonstration of professional skills i think it's, it's gone right back into the guild yeah yeah 100% um, and you know that's been the constant refrain. We've mentioned it a number of times. Yeah. Constant refrain has been we're listening. Yeah. And if you think about it, what's the what's the flip side of that? If if on their side they are telling you that we're, they're listening, what are they then asking of voters? 
They're asking voters, tell us. Mm. Tell us what you want us to do. Mm. Tell us what you like, because we don't fucking know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is that um, one of the fundamental things with that whole section of the Labour Party and that section of um, the politically minded that think that political parties, what they should do is they should literally just tell everyone what they want to hear and give and do that rather than make an argument or make a case for things. They have to decide right now whether they are still the mass party or whether they are an elite party. Yeah. A, 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 a cadre cadre party. We've discussed cadre. a couple of cadre, cadre party. Yeah. I've heard it both ways. It's very odd. Mm-hmm. Cadre party. Mm. They have to decide what they're about. Mm. Like no one can do it for them. I'm sorry. You can't like all of these like fake cliches about listening to people sounds very democratic, but it's actually not that democratic because everyone has different material interests. Everyone has different um, competing ideas about what is going on Mm. right here, right now and what they need and what they want. And sometimes most of the time, in fact, they don't actually even know what they want. They don't know who their enemies are who they can trust, who they can ally with. And like, if anything, what the la- what these election results show is just this further, what these election results show and like the list that we read out is that people aren't confident that they can actively identify when a message gets through. Starmer could say everything hmm. that they're recommending, he says, but political communication is so scrambled and so messy that there is no there is there is no guarantee that it will penetrate. Mm. And frankly, like, okay, all my sympathy for Starmer stops now. Starmer has told us what he's about. Every time he talked about he equivocated on strikes mm. or workers' rights mm. or refusing to sign the fucking fire and rehire letter, which mm. by the way, I did see some polling, and it suggests that 71% of people Tory voters hmm. support banning, firing, and rehiring. <laughs> if you can't take that, and for party political reasons, because that's the only reason, for party political reasons, not make that into a popular policy, you know what he's telling you. Hmm. He's telling you that it's not you. And like, yeah, there, there are still people feeling really, really hurt hmm. by like 2019 and by the way that the Labour Party is business. Hmm. And I think it's just too many people are still identifying that like that particular route as the only route that they take. They're still, I think the void of coronavirus has still led many people to kind of identify Labour as the party of Corbyn, still having those people in there. And it's not. Yeah, yeah, sure, he might be listening, but like Starmer told us, has told us what he's about. Yeah. And if you're not for that, vote with your interests. Yeah. Like join the party with your interests. Mm. I don't know what the party is, but... It's not this one. Mm. That's us for this week. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us at WDT80. Follow me at BM Bergamo. Follow Hugh at Tanner Smashing. And we'll see you soon. Bye.